FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. And a special shout-out to those living in Albury, New South Wales, today listening on 88.0, Armidale, New South Wales, on 87.6, and Ballina. We're in New South Wales this morning. Mm. Yes, look at New South Wales ones. Mm. On 87.6 up there in Ballina. Mm. All right, we're going to have to mix that up a little bit so mm-hmm. that we don't just do New South Wales, but eh, there's nothing wrong with New South Wales. Uh, there is absolutely nothing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with New South Wales, but at least it's not at least it's not Tasmania. Ah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. We're going to do Tasmania tomorrow. Tasmania and nothing but Tasmania yeah. will be the shout-outs for And tomorrow. once we say, like... Actually, the, I'm not going to be here. And once we say the four towns that exist in Tasmania, then we'll be done and we'll never have to talk about it again. You can have Mon tomorrow. Really? Yes. Well, that's good. No no, she's, no partying while I am away. She's from Western Australia. She's from Tasmania. But she's lived in Tasmania. She's kind Tasmania. of lived in a lot of places. Yeah, Mon's from... She's like, an enigma. Everywhere. She She's a citizen of heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> which, which I also yes. hope to be. Yes, <laughs> Same indeed. as Lyle. What did you get up to on the weekend, Lyle? Uh, went to Sydney. Okay. Yep. Was went, it good? Went to Bondi. Beautiful. Beautiful oh, beach. Yeah. Stunning beach. Yes. Mm. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, it was nice. And you do you anything particularly down there? Just hung out with friends. Okay. That whole thing. Oh, I love went that. Went for a walk. Yeah. Caught some sea air. Lala went camping in the bush and it was much better than your weekend. I'm, I'm sorry. But... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to get into positively different news, which we're going to need this morning because we've got some pretty heavy stories coming Oof, up. Yeah. But this is a reminder today, you're listening to the delayed broadcast today, here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen what to the live the show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM breakfast show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Journal the word reference Bible in the best translation, New King James. James edition, a New King James version. Um, it This is just essentially a really great, really expensive Bible that we want to give to you to enable you to read the Bible more and better and take notes as it's got massive wide margins. It's it really says, spectacular. It says one. it's comfort print, which I could imagine means that it's got... You know, decent-sized letterings. With a decent kind of font. Yeah. That is easily readable. That's right. Doesn't hurt your eyes. And so, look, if you're interested in any of those things, which you should be, reading the Bible should be something that you're interested in, 0491-064-669. And, hey, maybe you've never read the Bible before. Maybe you don't even have a Bible on you. (laughs) Do you want, like, one of the best Bibles we could possibly give you? You want to get into this draw as well. Again, that question was, what did the cherubim use to guard the gates of Eden after Adam's fall? 0491-064-669. All right, if you know the answer, you know the number to call. Lawson, let's have some positively different news this morning. Okay, so it's time for our yearly checkup with the world's oldest animal. Okay. So our boy, Jonathan. Still going, still going. I remember talking about this last year, and I was like, hey, well, he just had his 190th birthday. Yeah, that's pretty epic. Which is, he is the oldest living creature So what year was he born? Uh, 1832. 
Imagine, imagine if you'd lived from 1830. Imagine the technology that was available in 1832. I mean, this is... This, this is, guy was born before the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Yes. This guy was born before both world wars, before the before American any Civil kind War. kind of mechanised transport apart from pretty primitive steam trains. Yeah, that's right. But anywhere else you went, you went on a horse or a carriage. Now, this is a giant tortoise and he's seen all that he he's seen everything he well he doesn't see much other than like trees and leaves and forests where he lives in saint helena in south africa but um he was born in 1832 they suppose he could be he's he's around that age because they found him in 1872 and the size of his shell and the markings that were on it suggested that he had to be around 50 years old Right, you, you know, and they they can tell pretty well how old tortoises tur- tortoises are from looking at them, it pe- especially in that initial phase. You know, it'd be like telling difference between like a a, a baby and a fifty year old person. It's relatively simple challenge. Yes, in our world, yes. uh, do that. they they saw hard. they they saw this tortoise. They saw you know that it was a a decent decent age already in eighteen seventy two, and it's just kept going ever since it's outlived every single one of its carers and all the staff in the reserv- like conservation area where it many lives. times over that's right so it, it's just living its best life uh for its 190th birthday uh you know they they bring out all the good stuff all the best veggies for it to snack on but i was thinking like wouldn't you just bring good veggies every day i guess maybe they maybe they had some some really nah, fancy they'll stuff give, they'll give them something fancy a bit of a treat why but, not but i love how like the island really rallies around it and they put up posters like celebrating its birthday they're like hey it's it's jonathan day today and everyone just <laughs> yes. like hangs out and celebrates it's, it's like it's the greatest so shout so, out jonathan. So, so is jonathan showing his age like is he, does he look old and decrepit and you know not wanting to get up in the morning or uh, no he looks like an old tortoise but all tortoises look old that's right so he looks like any other tortoise. He just looks like any other tortoise. He moves around at a tortoise's pace, which generally isn't fast no matter how old they are. And he's, he's just doing his thing. You know, he's not on life support. He's a, And this is this is where they're really questioning, like, how many more years can this guy go for? How many more years? It's a bit of a tragedy when he dies. Yeah, absolutely. But right now, like, he's he's not on life support. He's not under special... He's just wandering around outside. Just, just doing his thing. Eating stuff, living in his cell. He's been living the same way he's been living for the previous 140 years. 90 years. Well, 140. Oh, since he, he was... Since he was found. And so taken into... That's right. ...his enclosure. That's right. So he's, he's just doing his thing. Okay, some other news, which I think most people would regard as good... But I'd like to get some opinions on this. So the UK, uh, and specific, actually, no, not the UK, the EU have just ruled and found uh, that from June 2023, 5G or internet technology will be provided on planes. So essentially, this is the end of airplane mode. About time. So this is this about is time. this is the end of airplane mode. They're like right now you can get internet <laughs> it on is planes. Twenty twenty three. If you fly on like Emirates, say the, the, there's like a Wi-Fi network available, but it's like super slow because it was this Wi-Fi network that was in, and expensive, and, and it was like basically satellite internet that yes. came out in two thousand eight. Uh, but yeah, they're basically 
uh, by mid-June 2023, all the airline companies will be able to put devices on their planes that gives 5G connectivity to all the people on the plane. So will like, this be the end of air, uh, airline you know, entertainment? I mean, everybody should take their laptop, open the laptop so and stream. So this is the thing. This is the thing. I said this is potentially good news. Well, how do you feel about flying? Do you enjoy flying on a plane? I enjoy flying a plane. I do get bored on long flights. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. a half hour, one hour flight is amazing mm-hmm. and fun. Mm-hmm. And you look out the window and watch the scenery go by. That's just a moment. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And the smaller the plane, the more fun it is. And so big planes, it's just you get in an aluminium tube, you sit down, you wait for X amount of hours, and you get out of the aluminium tube. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. I love flying. I love flying on international flights. It's 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 the plane is one of the most. This in- is why you spent sixty four hours flying to Ethiopia. To Ethiopia that's right. <laughs> like, um, I- how can I take the longest possible way to get there? Exactly. No, I love flying internationally. I, I and like one of my favorite parts is is the plane, and this is the reason why, because there's no service. No one can talk to me. No one can get to me. And there's no responsibilities. Now, I could imagine if you were landing and you were doing a work trip or something, maybe you, there's some study or some some work that you needed to, to do on the plane. But most work that you could do on the plane, outside of, like, writing, like, is you can't do a lot of work on the plane because there's no internet. Yes, you can't send and, emails. You can't, you can't uh, send messages. You that's can't right. make phone calls. And so, essentially, you can't do anything. You're basically debilitated from doing any work for the amount of time that you're on the plane. And you just get to fully switch off and relax. And thinking about that for me is like just the... I, I, I like working, but dude, getting on that plane, getting served food, sitting in those seats, walking up and down the stairs at the back of the plane and not having to deal with anyone is literally the greatest thing ever. Yes, I, I, absolutely. I Like, I, I love it. So I'm thinking now that they're, they're in... June 2023, when there'll be 5G connectivity, all of a sudden, this safeguard of rest that was flying on the airplane, all of a sudden, now you're... It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, You have to connect with everyone. You have to, to... Like, this will open up, oh, I am not looking forward to being on a plane and having someone beside me on, like, a 30-minute phone call. That's going to that's gonna be terrible. I don't want to go through that. You know, you raised a really good point right there. Because this is this is the thing. It's like they're saying, oh. You can't just bury yourself in a book and ignore the world that is going on around you because the world is just going to invade the plane now. Because right I mean, now. I hey, back in the day, I remember doing international yeah, yeah. flights back in the day when uh, you had the option of sitting in your seat or sitting in your seat and watching the movie that was on the big screen yeah, at yeah, the yeah. front of the bulkhead. You, you, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, I was, I was young enough to remember that. You were young that. enough to remember that. Wow. And then, of course, the service came out where you had, you know, a whole library of stuff that you could watch. And that was so much better because then you could find something decent to watch rather than being forced to watch this whole the same thing. And if you, wanted to, if you didn't want to watch the thing that was on the big screen, well, it was kind of impossible because it was there. Mm. And you could sleep or you could watch it, and that was about the mm. only options that you had. Yeah. But, but then but, it got better because you could watch something that was actually worth watching yeah. if you could if you searched through for it. And it also ushered in this etiquette of plane travel, which is like minimum noise because everyone can yes, watch. Yes, everyone stays quiet, everyone puts their headsets so, in and does their thing. Whereas that'll just be gone. Because be like everyone, a restaurant. 
where everyone's talking. I am. I am. And you can't of, hear a thing. Look, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What do you guys think about this? How do you feel about plane travel? And are you looking forward to five G coming to planes and being able to talk internationally, or not so much? Let us know how you feel right now. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to get into more serious news before we do. We have another question for our quiz. Where did Stephen see Jesus standing? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Journal the Word Reference Bible in the greatest translation, New King James. Anyway, you fight me on it. I, I, will, I will win. I have I have all the reasons why it's the best translation. Uh, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This is an amazing, expensive Bible that we want to give you absolutely for free, provided you win the draw, so that you can read the Bible and study it and write down notes. We would love you to become a student of the Word. That is what God is calling all of us to be. Uh, but again, that question was: Where did Stephen see Jesus standing? Zero four nine one zero six four. Six six nine is the number to call to have a fight with Lawson. <laughs> I'll win. I'm sorry, but I'll win. All right, we did say earlier on that we were going to talk about one of Australia's worst pedo. Well, definitely Australia's worst pedophile. Yeah, yikes! So this is a guy who, by the age of 39, was found guilty. And I just want to say that you know, if you've got you've got children listening, then you know, bear that in mind. Mm. This was a guy who, by the age of 39, was found guilty of over one. Thousand horrific sex crimes against children. Okay, and you got to understand that it's incredibly difficult to get a guilty verdict in one of these cases, and most of them fail in court. And he's got over a thousand convictions. Mm. Okay, so you kind of stop and think about that. How many was he? How many children on average was he abusing? Per day, per week, mm. you know. I mean, this is this guy is is possibly one of the worst monsters in the world. Mm. Uh, but he's just had his supervision orders reduced, and he found a very easy way of doing that. Uh huh. Yeah, he just turned up and said, "I'm now a woman. These are my pronouns." And I'd like to have my supervision orders reduced. And they're like, oh, yes, of course. We're so glad that you are now a woman. So here's the easy solution if you're a, if you are a, if you are a convicted sex offender and you don't like the supervision orders that you are now under and you want to have them reduced so that you can get more access to children. All you have to do is claim to be a woman. You just say those words and it's done. I'm, Okay, this was I'm the guy. Speechless. This was the guy. He was he was locked up in two thousand and five in uh-huh. Casuarina Prison in Perth. He's now fifty six years old, mm. and while he was in prison, mm. he got together with other pedophiles and set up a child sex ring in prison. How does that work? I, I don't know how I, that works. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that works. But this is the this is one of the things that we find because we work in church space, of course, and one of the reasons why we never ever 
allow convicted child sex offenders into a church context. We minister Mm. to them outside of the church context because Jesus' grace is available for all, but we're never going to let them into a church, Mm. is because the rate of reoffense is almost 100% Mm. unless that person is restricted from any kind of access. And the guy's found himself restricted from access, and so he's like, nah, I wonder how I could change that. Well, I'll just claim to be a woman. Problem solved. So is this person in 2008, in, in 2008, the judge said that, he, well, if it's a supervision order, then that uh, indicates no. Um, in 2008, a judge said his chronic, that this chronic pedophile was unlikely to ever significantly change. Mm. And now that assessment has been thrown out. Because the legal system is more concerned about the, gen- the, the offender's social situation and feeling more accepted than restricting him from access to children. So, yeah, the solution is put on a dress and the problem is solved. Mm. Uh, you know, how does a dress change that? How does a, how does a dress change a person's inclinations? You know, you can believe in fairies, but it doesn't make them real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is one, of, and this actually highlights something that has has taken off in Australia, where registered sex offenders identifying as females has become our latest pandemic because it gives them reduced sentences and increased access that was mm. previously unavailable unless you went all the way and had your bits cut off, mm. and even then it still wasn't particularly available. But if you point this out as discrimination in Victoria then you could be accused of breaking the law. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you pointed this out and said, you know, this is discrimination against women or this is discrimination against children and you're in Victoria, you're the one that's in trouble. Oh, that's so That's so rough. Okay, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. This is a massively rough story mm. and we know how media works, right? Mm. It runs on the, on, on the concept of it, if it bleeds, it leads and mm. surely, surely a story like this would be headlines right across mm. Australia. Have you heard this story? I haven't heard this story. No. I haven't heard it anywhere. There's been stone-cold silence from the media uh, mm. where you can't read a single thing about it. There was two papers in Western Australia where it happened that did at least cover it, mm. but at the same time they used his preferred pronouns of he, she. Mm. I mean she, her, her. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we've got to respect this monster. Mm-hmm. This just, you know, we... we... <sighs> Anyway, Tasmanian Senator Claire Chandler had this to say. She said the failure of mainstream media to report uh, that it's happening and ask why governments are prioritising the feelings of sex offenders over the safety of children is an ideologically driven disgrace. Mm. And it is an ideologically driven disgrace. Look what we as faith organisations have gone through Mm. in the past 20 years and look at the safeguards that we have put in place and look Mm. at how hard we have worked to make it impossible for pedophiles to gain access within our institution, Mm. to do all that we can to make that impossible and to make it hard. And Mm. here's the government coming along and stabbing us in the back Mm. and removing all of those, as many of those protections as they possibly can through means as easy as this. I think it's insane because, well, as we said, this is Australia's most notorious. Yeah, he's our worst. Pedophile. He's like the he's worst. worst. And it's like, look at- should never see the light of day at all. Look at what we do to our worst murderers. Like Ivan Milat died in prison without right. ever even admitting to the crime. Yes. 
And these guys give, he's given over a thousand children a life sentence. Mm. That's what he's done. He has given over a thousand children a life sentence. Mm. Oh, it makes my blood boil. Mm. Anyway. That is so gnarly. That is terrible. That's that's our world right now. That is our world right now. Wake up, people. Mm-hmm. This is the world, world in which you are living. Mm. All right, heading over to the United States where a couple of pastors have launched pastor story hours in libraries. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is in response to the nationwide drag queen story hours. So mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Michael Foster, uh, pastor of the East River Church in Batavia, and Pastor Dale Partridge, pastor of the Reformation Fellowship Church in Prescott, Arizona, have set up these events. Foster noted that it was disturbing to see men in lingerie reading books to little kids and twerking and noticed that it was super disturbing, disturbing. and twisted. Yes, mm-hmm. it is very disturbing. And so he, 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 he organized many, many unsuccessful protests, was unable to stop that from happening. So he decided to take the opposite kind of action and started setting up pastor's story hours where he goes along as a pastor and reads really positive things to the children about Bible stories and about things that actually happened and about God and about God's love. And the other pastor, um, Dale Partridge, even has written his own book on Jesus and your gender, which he now reads to children. I am wondering, have these guys been embraced by libraries? Well, this is America, so they can't really stop them, can they? It's a public library. If you're going to have drag queen story hour, what are you going to do about pastor story hour? I think we need to try this in Australia. Next mm-hmm. time somebody sets up a drag queen story hour in Australia, we should go in and set, say we want to set up a pastor story hour and we want to have a pastor come in and read Bible stories to the children mm. and see what the response is. Mm. Because you can imagine somebody who's promoting a drag queen story hour would not be supportive of that and it would be an interesting discrimination case that could come about as a result of it. That's why I ask, like, are they being supported in, in this by public libraries to, to do something like that? Well, because, because I'm like, because I'm like, oh, if they're not supporting them, then is there a double standard? A double standard. That's right. Well, it's America where you have religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And so there's not much that they can actually do about it. Mm. Uh, he says, I think Christians are good at doing doing church stuff. We need to give, get better at doing culture stuff. Good on them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we have another question for the quiz this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul said the Spirit does not make us what? But instead gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. I'll read it again. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul said the Spirit does not make us what? But instead gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 0491-064-669. If you know the answer to that one, you go into the draw for our amazing journal, The Word Bible, which we'll give it to you for free. You just have to answer the question questions correctly. You answer the questions correctly, you get in the draw, and your name could potentially be picked out. But again, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul said the Spirit does not make us what? 0491-064-669. All right. If you know the answer, you know the number to call. But join us on the phone. Joining us on the phone right now this morning is Dr. Justin Jackson to talk about good health. Dr. Jackson, welcome to the show. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we kind of we actually missed you last week, and it was kind of my fault, which is a bit embarrassing, but we're glad you've been able to join us this week. <laughs> um, no problem at all. So uh, welcome yeah. back, and we're continuing on with our theme from Gems for Life from Creation Week. Uh, so what, what topic are we exploring this morning? Well, it's been a, a fantastic series through the year, and we've just been moving through the days of creation. So our health gym this morning perhaps is something that doesn't spring to mind as readily as something like exercise or diet or smoking cigarettes, um, but it's, it's still just as important. There's a whole package in Genesis there, and this morning we're going to talk about social connectedness as being an important health gem. Okay, so when we talk about social connectedness, can that really be can that really be as important as say diet or something like that? Uh, it, it's you know, do we do we need friends that badly? We we do. It's it's quite incredible that actually right from the the moment we're born, um, social connectedness is important, and there's a biological reason for that. We're, we're actually really wired to bond. One of the key hormones uh, that scientists have found in association with that is called oxytocin. And so when a mother first hears her newborn baby cry, it prompts release of that hormone, and that bonds the the mother and baby right there at the start. But all the way through um, our our lives, from holding hands, hugging, um, sexual intimacy, and also just patting our pet will release oxytocin. So we're, we're really designed to bond. Now, just, just, just yeah, backing up there to what you mentioned about talking about, um, you know, even just bonding with a pet animal and also thinking back through COVID, you know, we had, I guess, a, a break in our mm-hmm. intensity of social connectedness during COVID uh, with a lot of people in isolation and you know pets and so forth. Is, is there some is there some lessons that we can learn from what took place then? Well, it's a fascinating link, isn't it? The things that happened during COVID, and one was a pet buying spree, and we may have felt you know that we were making just a, a rational choice in that, but part of it was this desire to have social connection and bonding. And if we weren't able to get that through humans, then a lot of People, you know, went out and bought a pet and connected um, with, with with a pet through that. Okay, so when we talk about social connectedness, is there a difference between loneliness and isolation? Yeah, well, as people have explored this, um, they've really come to the conclusion that those two things are, are not quite the same. So loneliness, and this is important, is a distressed feeling of being alone. So it's actually the focus is on that distress. We, we, we don't feel that it's normal, regardless of the amount of social contact. So, for example, we can have a feeling of loneliness despite being in a crowd, for instance. Um, and the converse can also be true. So we can be out alone in the bush or somewhere and still not feel lonely. Social isolation is a lack of social connections, and that can lead to loneliness, while others can feel lonely without being socially isolated. So, yeah. Yes, I can certainly be in the bush 
for a long period of time and not feel in the slightest bit lonely. I just love being in the environment. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Okay, so let's um let's head on there. And uh, what does Genesis tell us about being alone? You know, there's that passage in Genesis two eighteen. What's what's this going to tell us? Yeah, well, that is that is where our health gem actually comes from this morning. So you you can be in the bush for you know a few hours um, and not feel alone, but ultimately. If you're left in the bush for a long time, you are going to wind up yes. feeling lonely at yes, some point. Yes, no question about so, that. God says there, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's that's the phrase that we've really picked up on as our health gem for, for this morning. And I don't think he was just talking about men. Um, he was talking about people in general. And that really goes back to the point I was making at the start, that we're created as social beings in need of companionship, love and connectedness and having social interactions is as important to our health as what we eat, whether we exercise or even whether we smoke or not. Yeah, so are we saying then that social connectedness is a basic health need? Yes, it's it's, it's actually a need like food or water, sleep or air. And the degree and timing to which we miss that social connectedness affects our health to a different um, levels, but perhaps if I use an extreme example just to highlight the point, comes from the studies of children raised in orphanages. And this really in the 1940s, um, a gentleman by the name of Renee Spitz highlighted this as he followed two groups of children. The first were raised in an orphanage where the babies were more or less cut off from human contact in their cribs. And Unfortunately, back then, the nurses, you know, they, they, they didn't have time. They were looking after multiple children. And um, I don't know that it was realized how important the love and affection was that we're talking about. Um, and so they were just propped up, given their, given their um, milk and, and moved on to, to the next baby. So we're talking about other, infant, infants here? Yeah, so right from the start here. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, that, that, that's a key point. The second group of babies were raised in a nursery in the prison where their mothers were were locked up in that prison, but the mothers were still allowed to give them care and affection every day. And so he thought this would be two groups to look at the difference in comparison and discovered that the babies in the orphanages, they didn't grow, they suffered from infections, they rarely developed the ability to even walk or talk. Um, whereas the babies raised by the mothers in the prison, um, we could do all of those things and, and developed, you know, n- normally um, compared to the other children. So it, it really demonstrated catastrophic effects, this, this social isolation. So in other words, you get a baby, you can give it all of its requirements to live, as in food, clothing, shelter, clean nappy, but if you don't actually pick them up and give them some affection, they're never going to grow up normally. Or even that's, possibly they're just going to grow ill and die. That's absolutely right. Yeah. No, starvation of love is as bad as starvation of food. So, yeah, we, we, we don't think about it in the same way, but we should think about it in the same way. Yeah, wow. That's that's um, that's 
it's pretty out there. I mean, you know, one of those things having I've got grandchildren at the moment and, uh, you know, some of them are very young and you sort of, you know, you see them go through their different stages of development and they reach that place where they, you know, they smile for the first time. And you kind of wonder about a baby that's growing up in an orphanage in the 1940s where they're just given food and clothing and shelter every day and expected to grow. You know, how would they even learn to do these things if nobody actually smiles at them all the time? Yeah, yeah, and they're just missing that that connectedness, and it affects them profoundly physically. Um, but it's not only the first two years of life, actually. You know, if you look at older adults, we find that it also affects our immune function. Um, you know, our, our our mental health, our physical health, our cognitive um, functions, our sleep. Um, for instance, one study looked at social connections with friends, family, neighbours or colleagues and it improved our odds of survival by 50%. And this same study said that low social social interactions is as damaging as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, having an alcohol use disorder. Um, it's more harmful than not exercising and twice as harmful as being overweight. That's, that's, um, that's some pretty heavy statistics right there. That, uh, that 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 you're going through, um, yeah. So being lonely affects our health as much as smoking and exercise. Um, what's actually happening in our inside of our bodies that actually causes this? Because with smoking, you know, you can see you're getting tar and nicotine and all kinds of toxins that are going into your body. That 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 kind of makes sense with alcohol. I mean, that's just you know something you should be running your vehicle on, not putting in your body. Uh, <laughs> So we can we can see what physical effects that takes place the moment it goes down our digestive tract or the moment the smoke goes into our lungs. We can see the effect that takes place. But how do you even see? How do you even measure? And and you know what is actually happening inside of our body when we are lacking in affection and social connectedness? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and you, and you really pointed out very well. When we're putting something in, we can see um, see the damage. But this is the opposite. We're sort of taking something out, um, and it causes a form of pain. And yeah, I, I mean, it's something that's invisible too. It. Yeah. You're taking something out, but it's not visible. It is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. But perhaps if you know, uh, I get um, I get our listeners to think back on the time when they were rejected by a friend, or you know, had a social breakup, or or something. Um, happened in their lives, that will often bring back a feeling of pain. And that pain um, is as real to the body as hitting your thumb with a hammer. <laughs> so our brains don't actually distinguish between the two. A really interesting study took 40 people who experienced an unwanted romantic breakup just in the last six months or so, and then um, they showed them a, a photo of that person and got them to really think about what the experience made them feel like and then they put them through a functional MRI scanner and the same areas um, that are involved in physical pain lit up in their brain demonstrating that it, you know, the brain sees physical and psychological pain exactly the same way. Wow, so then the pain from a breakup could be the same as the pain from a traumatic injury in a car crash or something like that. 
That's absolutely right. And so that, that speaks to, to your question. When the pain areas of the brain are activated, it sends this whole cascade of downstream signals, powerful hormones that increase our heartbeat, circulation of our blood, they you know, move fat and sugar out of our, our reserves for immediate energy, they focus our attention, they prepare our muscles, and a whole lot more. Now, this is fine in the short term, but if we're experiencing that day in, day out, then that's what's actually damaging our system. We're in this constant state of threat, and that decreases our immunity and increases the inflammation um, in our blood vessels and, and, and other cells and organs. So then the question, who's the most vulnerable? I, mean, I would immediately think that, well, people who go to church are the least vulnerable because they have a social network that is automatically created by that. And if you're feeling lonely, then that's a great place to start right there. You're going to find people who actually want you to be there and to be a part of their group. But who are the most vulnerable to feeling lonely today? It's interesting. When, when surveys have been done asking questions like, you know, how often during the week do you feel lonely and, and a rating scale, um, it's it's our 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, 30% felt lonely more than three to four days a week. That's, that's quite a huge number, and that's statistics here in Australia. So it's surprising, more than ever before in history, I think, you know, we're, we're living alone despite Facebook and Twitter and phones and so on. Um, and um, in America, 25% of people live alone. More men living alone experience loneliness than women. So young people um, and and those um, living alone um, and perhaps also you, you raised the point, you know, our, our elderly who are oftentimes stuck alone in nursing homes too. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing information that you've been able to share with us there this morning and I'd love to spend more time talking about some tips for connectedness. We're at, we are out of time. I'd just say, hey, contact your local church. You're going to find lots of people there who will love you and valuable, value you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.